Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group. It's Friday, October 13th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noel Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto is Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about strange market reactions, fast Bitcoin payments, Ethereum yield, and more. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Now, a markets roundup. Crypto prices were relatively steady yesterday, unlike stock and bond markets. Both Bitcoin and Ether declined, but have since more than made up the losses. At 9am Eastern Time today, Bitcoin was trading at $26,927, up four-tenths of a percent. Ether was at $1,552, up two-tenths of a percent. I mentioned yesterday how strange it was that Bitcoin was under pressure in recent days given that expectations of another rate hike were retreating. Now that investors are nervous again, Bitcoin is starting to climb. I've said this before, markets are really strange at the moment. In macro signals, we need to talk about the US inflation data again, or rather, the market's strange reaction to it. Yesterday, I gave you the first impression of the official US inflation numbers for September, saying that there were no great surprises. There weren't. And yet, markets acted as if there were. Stocks and bonds fell, with the yield on the 10-year government bond, which moves inversely to the price, climbing back above 4.7%. Specifically, markets apparently were worried about the very slight degree to which the headline CPI exceeded expectations. To recap... The year-on-year growth for September came in at 3.7%, the same as in August. It seems the market is upset that the headline figure came in 10 basis points above consensus forecast of 3.6%. Here's why this doesn't make sense. First, the difference is tiny, and it's attributable mainly to the housing market, which is always slow to adjust, and to energy prices, which the Fed does not take into account. Core inflation, stripping out food and energy, rose by the smallest amount year-on-year in two years. Core goods prices, which exclude services as well as food and energy, fell 0.4% on the month. 
The inflation data was really not as bad as the market reaction would have you believe. What we could be seeing is more a reaction to increased geopolitical tension and, perhaps even more significant for the short term, an unusually weak 30-year government bond auction yesterday. This comes on top of a weak 10-year auction the day before. Bottom line, the market is nervous and it's almost like it was looking for bad news in the inflation data. Later today, we get the results of the latest University of Michigan survey, which tracks consumer sentiment on a range of topics, including inflation expectations, employment outlook, and general conditions. If there's anything notable there, I'll bring you the details in Monday's episode. Anyway, all of us worried about US inflation should spare a thought for our friends in Argentina. Consumer prices there rose almost 13% in September alone, bringing the annual inflation rate to over 138%. This is the highest level since the 1990s. And if this isn't hyperinflation, then I don't know what is. It's worth noting that the country is coming up for a general election on the 22nd of this month, with pro-Bitcoin candidate Javier Millet in the lead, according to opinion polls. In stocks, as I mentioned above, US markets dropped sharply yesterday, with all three main indices dropping more than half a percent. In Europe, stocks were doing well up until the US CPI data came out, and then they, too, turned downward, wiping out the day's gains. This morning, the new pessimistic mood is still holding, with the German DAX down three-quarters of a percent, the broader Eurostox 600 down three-tenths, and the UK's FTSE 100 down one-quarter. The turn in sentiment extended into Asia, which you may recall had been reaching local highs up until the US data came out. Japan's Nikkei closed down more than half a percent, the Shanghai Composite closed down almost two-thirds, and the Hang Seng was down a painful 2.3%. In commodities, the oil price continued to climb as the tension in the Middle East intensifies. Yesterday, Iran's foreign minister visited Lebanon and warned that the conflict could extend to other regions unless Israel immediately stopped attacking Gaza. It isn't hard to read the subtext here. The Brent crude benchmark is trading at $89.90 a barrel, up 3.6% on the day. The uptick in tension is also propelling gold higher, up 2.3% on the day. Earlier today, it surged past $1,900 an ounce for the first time since late September. Stay with us. Next, we're going to talk about Bitcoin use cases and Ethereum staking. CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back. In headlines today, we're going to be talking about Bitcoin payments. But first, let's look at some interesting things going on in Ethereum. Coindesk's Christian Sandor published an article yesterday highlighting that the waiting time to become a validator on Ethereum's network 
had dropped to around five hours. Just a few months ago, it was up at 45 days. That is, after submitting a request, you had to wait for around a month and a half before your validator went live on the network. In case you're not familiar with Ethereum, validators maintain the network's consensus by approving transactions, and in return, they get a yield in the form of newly minted Ether. Anyone can become a validator in exchange for a deposit of 32 Ether into a staking contract. Ethereum's rules limit how many new validators can be onboarded within a given timeframe. So the drop in the waiting time may sound like good news. Less is better, right? But it means that there is less demand to become a validator on Ethereum. That sounds not so good. Actually, it's not bad for the network, and some will argue it's a plus. Ethereum needs a good distribution of validators to ensure decentralized security, but the more validators, the lower the yield. In other words, the lower the amount of reward for being a validator. And the more validators, the more Ether is locked up in staking contracts, reducing the circulating supply and potentially its utility. Finally, a couple of weeks ago, you may remember I talked about an issue that Ethereum developers are addressing, which is the potential of network glitches caused by too many validators. Ethereum developers are looking into restricting further the number of new validators. The drop in the waiting time to almost zero doesn't necessarily mean that the number of validators will decline. It does perhaps give the developers a bit more time to come up with a careful solution. And next, Lightning development just got a potential boost. For background, Lightning is a solution that offers fast and cheap Bitcoin payments. It is a separate network that periodically anchors balances to the Bitcoin network. Yesterday, blockchain development firm Blockstream officially launched its green light solution, which has been designed to help developers integrate the Lightning network into their applications. One of the barriers holding back expansion of the Lightning network has been that it is pretty complex. It involves nodes and channels and decisions about custody, among other things. In theory, Greenlight makes Lightning integration as simple as implementing a few API calls. This comes just a few days after a report by River Research that went into detail on the growth of the Lightning network. We'll put a link in the show notes. The analysts calculated that the number of payments routing through the network had grown by more than 1,200% over the past two years. To be clear, it's still relatively low, For the whole of August, estimated volume reached just over $78 million, which is progress, but it's still not a lot. Most of the transfers were apparently used in gaming, social media tipping, and streaming applications. The point is, it's growing, and Blockstream's developer-focused service could boost the number of applications implementing Lightning payment solutions. And the confirmation last month that Coinbase will support Lightning transactions starting later this year further supports expectations of strong growth going forward. While Lightning payments occur off the Bitcoin blockchain, they could encourage more demand for Bitcoin itself as more users load up more Lightning wallets. And while many critics will still point out that Bitcoin is not good as a payment platform, given its slow speed and high fees compared to other methods, the spread of Lightning use might go some way toward changing their mind. That's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. 
I'm Noelle Atchison for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.